Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. So we are heading up to Minnesota today. Yeah, they actually barbecue up there in the cold. Um, we're talking to somebody that's on Team Green. So for all my big green eggers out there, all my Team Green fans out there, all my friends that are on Team Green, uh, we're talking to one of you guys. We are talking to the Smoky Poet. It is all one word on Instagram. So it is the S-M-O-K-Y Poet on Instagram. You can you can check him out there. He also has uh, the SmokyPoet.com. You can go there. I'm sure there's blog posts and all that kind of fun stuff right there that you can follow along. But if you're just interested in pictures and seeing seeing what this crazy man cooks, uh, it's the Smoky Poet on Instagram. That's probably the easiest place to find him. Uh, man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on uh, on the show and really looking forward to chatting about all things being smoky. So now I want to ask you this question. You you kind of um, how did how did this all start? I guess that yeah, it's a great, that's where we're going to start yeah. with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it kind of started actually for me. Um, not on Instagram or blogging on a website. It actually started for me on Twitter. And um, in 2012, I actually had a different handle. I was known as the product poet. And there's a long reason for that and kind of the reasons why I don't really um, talk about a lot about myself personally and professionally. I like my anonymity, but I, um, I was actually a CEO of a social networking company. Okay. And I found out that brands just had a horrific time at really engaging people, um, especially in short form to really catch catch them. And so I blended my passion of writing poetry and started writing marketing messages with with different brands and working on different campaigns and specialized in my favorite form of poetry, which is called haiku. And so I would write all these little haiku poems about my everyday life and the products that I was using. And I grew a following base of up to 150,000 followers on Twitter. Fantastic. And, and was really, really actively involved in that. But what I really you know, came to the point of is that, is that, um, what I really enjoyed the most and what people tended to resonate with was not my pictures of me being in a restaurant or me traveling or, or me, you know, um, uh, showing my latest, uh, shoes I was wearing, but they gravitated towards my barbecue, which is the one thing that I just love to do is, is cook barbecue. And so I made a conscious decision, um, uh, maybe a little bit about a year and a half ago or so to rebrand myself 
And because um, people were always calling me the smoky poet in addition to the product poet. And so uh, because they're like, oh, man, you're doing all this great barbecue up in Minnesota and up in the north and you're doing all these different things, you know, where you're always trying to be smoky and you like smoke cocktails and you like smoke meats and you like smoke cigars. So, you know, we're just going to start calling you the smoky poet. So I went through uh, that process and I switched all my handles. I archived 1900 Instagram posts that were non-barbecue centric and um, really just started focusing in again and, and, and educating people on, on barbecue. Um, and so for me, that's how it all started. It started off by taking my passion for poetry and, um, and then also blending that now with my, my passion for barbecue. And that's where the Smoky Poet uh, resides. Okay. So there, there's some passion for barbecue. Um, yeah. Now, here's my question. Yeah. When did you start cooking on an egg? Was it right so away I, or did you kind of, did you, did you have the, the, you know, did you go from the kettle to being like, you know what, I want something a little bit more insulated. Um, I know a lot of people start on the kettle and I feel a lot of people from a kettle cooker go to the egg. Yeah, actually I went from a gas grill to, to an egg? the egg. To an awesome. Egg. And, um, and so I was, you know, really doing a lot of uh, really bad grilling, as I like to say, not barbecue on my gas griller. Okay. Um, and I was doing some really good grilling as well. Um, but you know, I was doing indirect cooking on a gas grill and learning, uh, how to do things as, as low and slow as I could by using, uh, you know, two sided, um, and using two zone cooking and heating in my gas grill. And in 2012, um, so a little over eight years ago, uh, a friend of mine had a big green egg. And, uh, I had my first piece of chicken out of it and I became instantly hooked. Um, I find it so, funny that a lot of people get hooked off chicken on the egg. Yeah. yeah they, you know, it was, it was, it was, there was nothing special about the tick chicken. It was just a, it was a, I think it was my, it was a beer can chicken. I had, I had a piece of thigh and it was, it was one of those things that I just, I just became, you know, enamored with it. And so I, uh, so I bought my first, um, I bought my first, uh, large big green egg, which is uh, what I still have today. I have three now I have an extra large, a large, and then I also have the mini max, um, about maybe three years or so into, uh, three or four years of, 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 you know, learning and showing people on Instagram and Twitter, you know, different things that you cook on, on the, the egg. Cause I, I like to cook like very atypically, I like to show people how to smoke cheese or how to, how to smoke ice cream or to do nuts. Um, I smoke a lot of salmon. I don't, I tend, I tend to not show, although I, you know, recently I've been doing some, uh, some steak posts, but I like to show different things that you can utilize in, uh, the big green egg, whether it's baking or, you know, um, smoking, roasting. Um, I try, I try not to do very much a typical cook. Um, I always like to do different things um, and show the versatility of it. And interesting enough, um, what had happened was, is I bought I bought uh, the Kamado Joe Jotisserie for my big green egg. Okay. And I was using the Jotisserie quite a lot. And um, and um, and Kamado Joe saw that and Kamado Joe said, hey. Uh, how about we send you one of ours to highlight the Jotisserie on well, yeah, the Kamado Joe? They want it on, they want it on the red machine. 
Exactly, exactly. So, uh, so I was I was fortunate enough. Um, they they did send me a, they did send me a uh, Kamado Joe classic, and um, and I ran that for about three years until I uh, I had to retire that, um, and uh, I retired that, and I joined. Um, I was I was asked if I was interested in joining uh, the Big Green Egg Team Green. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I mean, they now, cook very uh, will, similar. What, what I, what, they cook very similar. Now, what I will say, too, is so I actually have been playing with also with a kettle now, too. So I've got a I also have a Weber Master Touch kettle that I play with as well because um, I wanted to learn how to do a kettle after I learned the egg. So okay. that's been fun. Um, and then I also have uh, uh, a small pizza oven, too, that I do. So you kind of went the backwards oh. way almost. Yeah, exactly. I went the backwards way. Now, when you were starting to learn the kettle, or we, since you still yeah. are, what yeah. are some of the major differences that you see between the egg and the kettle going, going, the, going the opposite way? Because I've talked to people and I've asked them the differences that they see going from a kettle to the egg, and I just wonder if it's the same differences, if, if you are, are picking up the same, um, like if, if you're seeing it the same way. Yeah, I mean, if that makes you know, sense. From, from, yeah, that, to, that totally makes sense. I mean, for me, the you know the going you know to a, a, a kettle, um, you know, I, I, I had I've been able to dial in all of my temperature controls really really easy over the years on on the on the eggs on the and egg. the, you know the Kamado cell cooking. So I know exactly where I need to set my vents to to be able to get to my temperatures. I know exactly how to do that. I know that because of the heat retention, I will be able to, you know, really set it and forget it. And, you know, unless I've got a lot of wind, which I tend to have here too in Minnesota, but, um, the worst man. So I, yeah, so I, so I, I, I knew that, you know, I, I know how, how to control that for me, the hardest challenge, uh, for me was, was one learning how much charcoal to put into a, um, into the, into the kettle and without, you know, if I'm going to do a long rib smoke, like I didn't really know, like, how much charcoal I need to, to add or, or, you know, pay attention to it because I'm going to get, my temperatures are going to blow, but, you know, really controlling the temperature because, you know, the, the, the heat retention isn't as much there in the kettle, um, for a longer cook. Um, course, so it's yes. been, it's been, an, it's been an interesting challenge to be able to, to figure out, you know, how I need to change my, uh, my cook, um, to accommodate for the kettle from what I know in the big green egg, you know, I know that if I, if I, if I use, you know, if I put my meat on the grill at 37 degrees, um, on my big green egg, it's going to cook much differently at 37 degrees in my kettle. Um, it's going to, you know, because of the, the difference in the exterior of, um, of the kettle versus that. So it's been a really interesting, you know, challenge to learn how to, how to properly do that. It's also been an interesting challenge to learn how to do, you know, indirect and, uh, direct, uh, cooking, you know, on a two zone cooking, um, in the, uh, in the kettle, which I've been, I've been really having fun learning that, um, after doing it so often in the, in the big green egg. So I really do enjoy it. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 um, I like to do, you know, a lot of my hot and fast cooks in the kettle, um, in addition to the mini max. Um, and so, um, that's where I do, I just really, really am having fun playing with that. Which is awesome. I mean, a, the mini max is so much fun to play with too. Yeah, um, absolutely. I enjoy kind of uh, 
pushing my boundaries on it. And when I say pushing my boundaries on it, I mean trying to see how much shit I can actually fit on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Before we're like, oh, we're at maximum capacity. Okay, we're, we're, we shouldn't go any further. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I get, I get what you're saying by, you know, with the kettle, there are so many different little nuances that people yep. don't realize until they have that insulation. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Like you saying, like, I'm not sure how many, how much wood I should put, or not wood, but charcoal I should put on when I, when I'm uh, smoking ribs. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I think, I think that that's one of the, one of the things that definitely makes you a better cook when you can cook on multiple different types of units um, and yep. really understand, you know, if, if, if all of a sudden, you know, I want to, I want to go to a, a barbecue competition and it's, you know, and they already have big green eggs there, but, you know, maybe I bring my, my, my Weber kettle along with me just to, to do something, you know, for fun while I'm there, which I've done before at a competition yep. um, or at a, at an event. Um, and, you know, it's different things like that where, where, you know, I just think that again, it can make you a so much better cook. Um, and then also recently, I mean, maybe you're, maybe you're seeing this down in the Chicago area, but, there's been a massive recent shortage of, of lump charcoal here in Minnesota. Yes. Um, and so, <laughs> but I can find briquettes. And, and so, you know, getting briquettes in uh, utilizing that for, for some of uh, some of my cooks recently, because of the fact that I haven't been able to find lump charcoal, you know, enables me to be able to still eat and to still be able to, uh, to make some really, really good, um, you know, barbecue and, and grill in my kettle when there's been a shortage of lump charcoal. It is, it is crazy. Um, guys, if you haven't noticed it, uh, there's been a lot of places that are not able to get quite as much lump charcoal as they want or not get you maybe the brand that you like. Um, I know B&B &B was struggling to keep bags on the shelves down here. Um, I know uh, there was a couple other brands that were struggling to keep bags on the shelves because it's just, you know, everyone's buying it up. And the big box stores are buying up a ton of it from, you know, the little ones. So the little ones can't buy, you know what I mean? Like they can't buy, they don't have the buying power. And if yeah, a big box store steps in and they're like, I want, you know, 12 truckloads because they know they'll move it. Um, it's going to be a lot harder for the little guy to be like, well, I want one truck. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And and then you know the the another interesting thing um, that uh, I've got a relationship um, in addition to Big Green Egg, but on the on the charcoal side with a, a charcoal group that gets their lump charcoal out of South America. Who, and, who would that group uh, be? Uh, Jealous Devil Charcoal. I am I am on the Jealous Devil oh. uh, team, so I I know the pain that you are feeling right yes, now. Exactly. And um, so. And so on one of our recent calls, they said, yeah, it's, you know, it's coming in from Paraguay and, you know, we can't get it into the country because of COVID. And yeah. so it's sitting in container ships ready to be used. And then you've got the, the, the leg to be able to get it into your distribution center and finally get it, you know, finally get it into, um, you know, to the places where it's wanted most. And, um, and so, yeah, it, uh, it definitely has been one that's been, been a challenge here. And that's a hard part. You know, 
I know that um, with Jealous Devil, they they were having people actually sell their commercial bags. Yep. yep. On eBay, and they were not happy about that. Yeah, yeah. They were not 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 happy humans. No, not at all. And um, and it seems like you know at least you can. Um, you know, you can, re- it looks like we can reorder Jealous Devil Charcoal off the website now. Um, I saw that recently, that at least the 20 baggers. The 20 yeah, they, pound op- baggers. They, they opened the 20 pound bags a little bit ago. Um, yeah. I try to stick to the 35 pound bags just because it makes life easier, but I'll take a 20. You know, I won't, yeah, I won't complain. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I, I like the way that stuff burns. I think it gives I do, me. I do too. It gives me a really good clean burn. The other thing I really like is it does not pop a lot. Yep. There's Absolutely. not. There's not a lot of pop on it, which you know the wood's a little denser. It. Man, I had. Uh, I have a Weber. Uh, uh, Summit charcoal, <laughs> that I was yeah. cooking on last night, and I was doing crosscut short ribs. I do them Korean style, super hot and fast. And man, I had that thing crank into like probably 700 degrees mm. and it was going. And I mean, that gels double charcoal got me up super fast. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely does. Insane, insanely fast, which was fantastic. And yeah. um, it's a, it was a really, really good. I mean, I, I like the way it burns. Like I said, I like the way it burns. Yeah, I do too. You know, I, it, for, if, and for me, like, like tonight I just did a, I just, um, before this, I just finished off a, a, uh, I made what's called a hachapuri, which is a Georgian cheese bread. And okay. so anytime I'm doing a, a bake of anything, I really need a super clean burning charcoal. Yeah. And I used to use, um, a cobracho from another company, but, um, my last couple of bags that I had, there was, there was like really something pretty funky with the, the, the residual, uh, almost like a chemical residue that I was getting. So I stopped ordering uh, from that company and, um, I found jealous devil, um, actually through another big green egg team member, um, team green member and, um, you know, got my first bag, tried it and, uh, fell in love with it. Um, does take a while to, to get it started um, just because of the hard density of that of that nice South American hardwood. Um, but once it gets started, it's it's great. And I've been I've been using that um, as well as also the all natural briquettes um, in uh, both my Kamado, my big green egg. And now, my what, are, what are you lighting with? So I use um, so I use the speedy light cubes, um, the, oh, okay. the, the, the 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 starters. So I literally just put two of those in into my charcoal, you know, get the flame started and walk away. And then, you know, I'll have a nice, you know, a nice, um, you know, 200 degree um you know, temperature in, in 20 to 25 minutes or so. Um, and I'm ready to go. So I just, I usually, you know, use that time to just get it lit started, go finish my prep before I go to, you know, get ready to throw stuff onto the grill. See, I, uh, I like to use a torch, 
So yeah, yeah, and I've got you know, and I, I've got a I've got a JJ George you know little little map torch that yeah. I use. I I also have a nice you know thirty five thousand BTU roofing torch that I use that That'll is awesome. Too. That's awesome to stick that to the propane tank. Um, you know, so I, I kind of go back and forth, like, you know. But you know, for me, it's just. I, I just like the ease of the speedy light, you know, um, starters, just, I just, you know, throw those in there and, you know, just go about and try and get to, you know, get some prep done while that's getting up and ready. I just, I have a fascination with lighting things quickly and using <laughs> the biggest flame that I possibly can. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, uh, that, that roofing torch will do it for you real quick. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of like Mel in the same way and you know who I'm talking yep. about. Yep, it's fire absolutely. in the hole. Let's fucking go, bro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. How big can I get this flame before, like, let's just do it. And yeah. um, I also, obviously, I cook commercially, so I, I cook in a very large unit. So having a torch uh, on the truck, having a torch, you know, at the commercial kitchen, it, it's a whole different thing. You know what I mean? Because I, I used to have the JJ George... And I used that for a little bit, and it just it, it took still forever to to light full on sticks. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And totally, it just a torch totally. is just so much easier. Yeah, without it, without a doubt, you know, the torch is the way to go. Um, it uh, you know, it, it definitely it definitely gets it gets it. You know, it gets me going fast, fast enough and go. It, absolutely, absolutely. So I can't I can't complain about it too much. Yeah, I hear you. Now, when you, because you do have a custom grate, and so do I, yep. on my um, on my egg. Do you find that on your custom grate, I find that when I use my egg and I use the custom grate, I if I want to go super hot, I do have to let that grate really heat up really nicely. But once it's there, it's fantastic. But even on my low and slows, I tend to let that grate heat up before getting into, you know, getting, getting my meat on. Yep. I, and I know I, some people yeah. just put like, some people will put the, uh, you know, deflector plate in and then they'll put their, um, their grate on right before they put the meat on. I find that with that custom grade, I used to be able to do that with the other one, but with the custom grade, I find that it's better just to have it in and letting it heat up. Yeah. And, and I'm the same exact way. So, you know, you know, every time I, I, I light, you know, I, as soon as, as soon as my speedy lights go out, um, I leave it open for maybe about five more minutes, not much more. And okay. then I put, I put all of my, um, all of, uh, you know, I put in my, you know, expander, my heat deflectors, if I'm going indirect and I put my grates in all the time, cause I, I do want that to heat up. Uh, so it is, it is a good temperature because I do find with that custom grate and I, I don't know where I got mine through the burn shop. That's who um, I got mine through too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so have, and I probably I, have the same I, material. Exactly. And you know, I have found that depending on my cook that I'm doing, like that grate can get so hot um, because of the, of the, of the thicker, uh, um, and, and the heat retention yeah. that, you know, I, I just have to, I really have to pay a little bit more attention uh, to it. If I'm, if I'm trying to, you know, grill something, um, uh, you know, especially that, that might have some, uh, like a chicken breast or something like it's got some skin on it where yeah, I'm really yeah. going to have to pay attention. So, but you know, I, I absolutely love, the, um, the custom grates. Um, I've been thinking about getting one for the, for the XL, um, 
you know, it was interesting. I had that. I, I, I had uh, one for both the big green egg and the Kamado. Um, then the expander came out and the, I had to, they had to make me a new one to be able to fit the size of the handles for the expander. Okay. Um, so I had, you know, I had to, I was one of the, I think I was their first person that had, uh, the, the great made to fit the expander handles that pop up on the big green egg. Um, so I worked with them on, on that design to make sure the the openings were long enough um, and proper. to be able to, and proper to be able to do that. So now the expander, that's a whole nother beast. Yeah. And I talked it. to Chris Shim about that, uh, on our podcast when we did it a couple, a couple months ago. And I've talked to a couple other people about the expander and all that. And man, it is, it is just a whole different beast. It is fantastic. I love the thing. I think it's very, very cool. I think what they did is they really did change the game a little bit there. Yeah, they, they, they definitely did. And, um, you know, I think that, um, for better, for worse, it was probably in response to, um, you know, what, uh, the divide and conquer system. Um, yeah. and, you know, but I do think that it was so important for big green egg to be able to, to, uh, to make that, um, that leap. And I think the fact that the design that they did, um, you know, you don't have to go out and get two half moons. You can use your, your, your convector in it. You know, it's a great carrying basket because those things are hot and, you know, and, you know, heavy and you can put your convector in if you don't have the half moons, but the versatility from being able to have the center ring in there for a walk or a cast iron pan, you know, directly down low on that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, being able to use your indirect and direct, um, you know, I use it, my griddles in there. I use my cast irons in there. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use the upper level, uh, the, for two, two, two tier cooking, especially yeah. like on thanks, Thanksgiving when I did, um, I did a, a quartered, I did a, a quartered Turkey and the, the expander was perfect to be able to do my legs at one, at one height and my breast at another height. Yeah. And so, um, so it was great to be able to do that. I mean, I, I love the expander. People always ask me like, if, if there's one accessory, like I would get, I would get that today. Um, uh, it's just one of the things that I think is just so much better for you to be able to, to do, you know, uh, whether you want to do reverse sears or you want to be able to do some different fun, cool cooks on it. Definitely the expanders. Well, one of the things me and Chris talked about is like, he's like, it totally changed the way that I looked at cooking. Yep. On the egg. Absolutely. Because it gave you so many more options. And it, yeah, it for sure gives you more options. And, you know, the one thing, the one thing that people, you know, uh, even today, people are like, well, how is your great level level with the top of the, the base? Well, with the expander, you get that extra additional, you know, it moves your, moves your upper level up just those, you know, four or five inches or so. And you're not cooking down so low. Um, you know, with that grate right over that charcoal, it does give you that nice benefit. Yeah. I, and like I said, it definitely does change the way you look or think about the way you're going to cook, right? Yep. You're, yep. Absolutely. You now start to think like, okay, I can do more stuff on, on that, you know, I can do more stuff on that, um, on just, uh, on just the egg. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's very, very, it, it, it's just, you can do a lot, which is great. And we, yeah. you know, you love it. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll I'll put my cast iron pans down low um, yep. while I'm you know, you know just depending on you know what I what I'm doing. I'll you know it's just the versatility of it is is great. And um, you know I do really think that there's been some great uh, great different things, whether or not it's you know the the regulator cap, um, the the dome that you've got for your temperature control. I think that was a that was a great change from the Daisy Wheel. Um, you do you really do you really feel that way? I don't like it. <laughs> you you really yeah. See, I I do like it a lot better. I mean, I think that at least at least from a standpoint of um, it. Well, well, let's put it this way: from an Instagram standpoint, it's much better because of the opening and closing that we have to do to take pictures. Okay. And I don't have to. I don't have to. You know, I, I don't have to worry about my my vents moving. Just um, yeah. When I, you know, it. So so that's that's kind of one, you know, selfish Instagramy thing. But um, but I do I do notice that at least from a standpoint of I do find because I'm in a windier area that the um, the the regulator seems to 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 I I tend to get um, less wind fluctuations from temperature with the regulator than I did with the traditional daisy wheel um, uh, top top uh, the temperature control. Now why do you think um, that is though? You know I, I, I think I think that you know I, partially I think it has to do um, with I think the construction design of the regulator is a lot tighter at the top part. Um, Okay. It just it's it, it seems it seems like there's there's less there's at least in mine um, when I when I looked at the two of them is I was having a li- I had a little bit more gap that was coming through and also times I had noticed that with a with it, when once wind had gotten over certain things it actually opened up my vents more just from the wind and I have not had that with the regulator. That's and so uh, yeah so you know and it, it's. It's just a, it's a couple of weird, you know, things like that where I've just, you know, or like I said, or I've opened it up and, and the next thing you know, you know, I'm not paying attention and all of a sudden my top's opened and all of a sudden, you know, I come back and my, and my temperature has risen a hundred degrees. I haven't had any of those issues with the regulator. Um, I also like to the other, the other, you know, yes, it's an add on, but the rain cap that you can add on to the regulator that, that has, that beats having to get, you know, and use a stoneware stainless steel rain cap. Um, and so I don't have to use, um, you know, another product where I can just use one and just, uh, so I actually keep my rain caps on all year, uh, all year round. I don't, I mean, it's not going to affect anything in a sense. No. No, and if you ever want to put put a little tortilla on top, just you know, to to, to heat up your tortillas, <laughs> the rain the rain caps are perfect for that. <laughs> that that's fantastic. I didn't even think about that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Learn that one from the barbecue Buddha. So. Oh, I can see. Oh, I can see that man doing that. Yes. That's another. That's another great human. The barbecue Buddha has been on the show a couple times. I love that guy. Um, yeah. He's a fantastic human. Uh, still trying to get me to come down to Kentucky. Uh, don't worry, one day we will make it down there. I promise. Uh, I, but I, I, I have been in his house before, so it always looks so nice. Yes, it is. And I love, I love everything he's doing. I love his cooking style. I like, um, I like what he does, and it, it, he's just a fantastic human. He's a good friend. Um, yeah. So Absolutely. great, great dude. Now. You being up in Minnesota, you you got to do your fair share of winter cooking. Um, yep. 
what when you first kind of started cooking what was the hardest thing about cooking in the winter for you yeah i mean the the hardest thing about cooking in the winter uh for me personally was shoveling a path to my big granite i know doesn't that suck? <laughs> so, so you know I, I have a deck and so i um so i i you know thankfully i i just walk off of my kitchen onto my onto my deck um but you know for me it was it was um you know, one of the fun things about cooking on a big green egg is standing by it while you're cooking. Um, and whether you're enjoying a cocktail or, you know, talking with, uh, you know, friends or family, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's kind of one of the things that you know, makes barbecue fun. Right. Is, yep. And it's hard. To, it's hard to do that when it's 20 below zero. Um, no, you just got to hug the egg. You got to hug the egg for your warmth. Exactly. And so that was that was a little bit of a challenge. You know, it was definitely, um, you know, getting used to, to, to running in and outside quickly. And and also, um, you know, it, it, it your cooks do uh, can take a much longer time just from a standpoint of of I find I, I was finding at least that my. Um, because of my, my outdoor air temperature, um, because of my humidity in the air, um, because I was finding that, you know, maybe my, my egg was not uh, heating up as fast. My cooking times I had to adjust in the winter. Um, and so I definitely, you know, had to, had to experience that. um, Going through a little more fuel. Yeah. Going through a lot more fuel, um, you know, especially on those overnight cooks, you know, I'd have those. I'd have, you know, if I'm, if I'm running at 225 or 200 on an overnight cook, you know, I just, I really had to make sure that I, I didn't pack in too much um, charcoal to block out the airflow, but enough charcoal to get me through the night. So I wasn't, you know, coming out and finding a, a partially frozen brisket in the morning, yep. um, which, which had happened, you know, before. Ooh, so it's, rough. it's thing. Yeah. And, and it's, it's things like that where, you know, you have to have to do that. But, you know, I, I cook 365 days a year. Um, I, you know, I've been out there when it's been 50 below wind chill. Um, I've never had any issue with my big green egg from a standpoint of, 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 um, uh, you know, uh, cooking in have those you ever had cold a on temperatures. You? I have had a freeze on me. Um, and, and, um, and so, um, the way that the way that I would un you know uh, the way that I unfreeze it is um, is I would actually open up my bottom vent and um, I would take my torch uh, my JJ George torch and just let, and let her my, in and 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 light my charcoal from the bottom <laughs> and so um, and so I would I would I would light the charcoal just enough to be able to uh, to get that to get the heat and then eventually. You know, eventually it would catch on and I'd leave that bottom that open and eventually I could open my top and then eventually I could open the dome. That just took took a little time. Um, See, you know, what I started to, what I started to do differently, though, is um, is after, uh, you know, once I knew my temperature and my charcoal was out, I would just put a little wood shim in between. My, yeah, and, that's and what I started and, doing. And it makes a whole different yeah. makes a whole world of a difference. Um, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. have actually had my bottom vent freeze on me. <laughs> I've had that happen before too. <laughs> so, like, there's been times where I've gone out to cook, the bottom vent is frozen, the egg is completely frozen. So what I've done is lit a you know lit a little bit of charcoal, and just yep. dropped it inside and let it let it basically burn on the grate you know what i mean 
yep. until it Absolutely. warmed up enough, warmed the egg up enough to where we were able to open it, yep. and then and then we were able to 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 rock and roll. But it's always frustrating when it's like, God damn it, this is frozen. Oh, this is frozen too. Oh, oh, I know, I know. And um, the one thing that's really helped me too, especially um, this past this past year, is uh, you know I I have to have my my eggs covered just because of rain and yep. um, and snow and you know freezing ice and different things. And so that's always rough. Um, yeah. So, so for me, like I've got, so I've got my X, so I've got the whole modular the nest system. Um, so I've got my XL in an egg, then I go expansion cabinet, then I go the, the waterproof cabinet, and then I go my large and uh, in a modular nest as well. Well, I actually had a custom cover made that covers, it's really, really thick, really good, quick, uh, really good material. Um, and, uh, you know, it's got handles all over it. So I can completely cover that whole modular nest system which I was, I was amazed like this winter when I, when I had a lot of snow and I had a lot of, you know, freezing rain, how easily it was to be able to take that cover on and off real quickly and to be able to, to get rocking and rolling. Um, and so it was, you know, that's kind of one of the, the one thing too, because of the modular nest system, which are really super popular right now, they don't, you know, there really isn't a good cover solution yet for it besides just the kind of the, the, as I like to call them, the condom tops, the the little, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, dome toppers, and um, and you know, there really isn't a good a good cover yet. It's you know, unless you go with something custom, yeah. Um, if you have more than you know the nest and maybe an expansion table, you can find those covers. Correct. But um, they're hard. It's hard, you know, when, you, when you've got three or four units put together. I um, actually and... destroyed one of my covers this year. Um, because it froze to the table. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, 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 you know, we got freezing rain, which froze the damn cover to the table. Yep. And you, you don't know, you know, you, I went to pick it up, you know, went to grab it off, grabbed it, stuck a little bit, and I was like, what? And I kind of pulled a little bit harder and just tore completely on me. Ugh. Yeah, that's, that's not a good day when that happens. No, yeah. it sucks. And it's like, well, what do you do? There's nothing you can do, A. B, it's like, you know, it was, it happened. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah. And with, with where we live, uh, freezing rain is not unpopular. Yeah, no, absolutely. Not uncommon, I guess. No. So you, you, you kind of cover in your table. You got to cover it that way, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, like I even, you know, like I've had rain here the last, you know, like the, uh, I don't know, two, three days. It's been some pretty, pretty hard rain up here in, in Minnesota. And like I, you know, people don't realize that, yeah, it, it, you, you have ceramic grills, but, and yes, there's glazing on them, but they can absorb a little bit of water through the ceramic just because of the cracking and stippling that's naturally occurring in the, in the glaze. So like today when I was doing um, the Sachapuri, you know, all of a sudden I'm, you know, I kind of hear the sizzle and I'm like, whoa, what's, you know, and I can see this kind of grease that's kind of bubbling on the exterior surface. And it's like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's just the natural, you know, it's all the, all of my stuff from my low and slow cooks in my dome that are coming through the ceramic just because of the rain. And it's just, it'll be fine once it, once it actually gets up to heat it and it'll be okay. 
but it's you know if you're not covering your covering your you know your smokers like that your eggs like that you know you do have to worry about the elements a little bit at times yeah i mean i just did uh i did a clean burn the other day just to kind of get some of the the gunk out you know what i mean oh yeah and it was she was uh pumping some stuff out (laughs) oh yeah yeah absolutely and they're gonna they're they're gonna definitely do that yeah my my wife was like ew what is that i'm like it's all the grease that's on the ceramic that it's pushing (laughs) yeah it's just put it's just pushing it out and yeah i had i had i was i was dripping grease um after i you know and i was like whoa you know it was dripping out of the base and i was like what the heck is going on with this it'll do that every once uh, in a while it'll do it it just it's it's okay it's normal don't worry about it Um, we actually had a base crack on us um yeah i don't know how it happened but we we got a crack in our base obviously contacted big green egg got got the replacement out so now we have a flower pot uh (laughs) we actually we actually turned it into an herb garden no, oh, that's that's nice. It's funny because my wife's like, but there's a lot of there's probably a lot of grease in it. I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, throw okay. a little dirt, throw a little dirt in it. It'll be okay. Yeah, it'll I'm like, it'll be okay. And it, it's funny. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the nutrients from the animal is helping. You know, from the grease is helping or not. But the the herb garden's growing fantastically. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's yeah, you know probably is a little bit of that. Yeah. It might be. You know, but it, it, it's working fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I replaced my base this past weekend um, on my XL. I did have a crack in it. Um, I, and I, I, I think I know the reason why, um, but, you know, Big Green Egg was great in the warranty to be able to, to get that replaced. They replaced the firebox for me that I, that I, I had also cracked. Um, yeah. and so, you know, the great, great customer service, Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of people forget to register their warranty. <laughs> so I always tell people, please do that, um, to make sure it's registered. Um, and, uh, so that way the you nice can, thing is my you know, dealer make, took care of that for me, which is really nice. Cause not a lot of dealers will, you know, good dealers will, but yeah, um, my dealer but, yeah, was my, great. And he was like, Oh, it's taken care of. And I was like, oh. yeah, makes me love you that much I, more. Yeah. And like, but it was also good. It's also, you know, good for me every time I do, you know, like, uh, it's like for me, every time I do a hybrid clean, I always change my, my gaskets. I always, um, I always take my dome off the hinges to, uh, when I, when I replace all of my gaskets, a lot of people, uh, whether they realize it or not, but the, um, a lot of times the dealers don't leave the little levelers, the band adjustment levelers, mm-hmm. um, uh, that are, that are there. Um, so it makes, it makes reinstalling your bands a lot more difficult if you don't have the, the, uh, the leveler adjustments, um, to, the, to, to do those. Um, but for me, I just, it, you know, as part of that maintenance, um, you know, I always, I always, I always do that as well and take my dome off and really get a good cleaning on it. Now, one of the things that I have with my XL that I, I it's a constant kind of problem for me is it always go, it always pulls back on me, and I always have to readjust my my uh, my dome and all. Oh that. yeah, yeah, you I get always a little, get a little I, bit of an under underbite. Under, yeah, I always get it, and yeah. it, there's I don't know if it's. I mean, I've had tons of friends that are eggheads too come out and look at it. We were just we've been trying to figure out, and and we get it set, we get it perfect, and then 
man, a month goes by and we're, we're underbid again. And I don't know if it's just, yeah. just my unit. You know, they all they all have their own little quirks. Yeah, 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 just those, you know, the weight, you know, the weight of it, depending on, if yeah. and, you know, uh, you know, you, you've got a lot of weight that's going on at every time it's going back. Do you have the old bench system or the new I bench? I do, I have the old system? one. I, I've, I've had my egg for, um, I have had my egg for, I want to say it's been six years now. Okay. Shit, has it been that long? Yeah. Um, so I've had my egg for about six years and it, it, it is the older band system. So it could be that. Yeah. That, that that's that's what i noticed i noticed that same issue on my large is that is uh, i had the old band system um and because of um i was i was finding because it opened up that much more it was putting a little bit more strain on it and okay. uh, i actually lost i actually lost the dome top after a pizza cook in the middle of winter oh yeah they expand the bands expanded lifted up yeah uh crack it dome top went out cracked on my driveway thank god i had snow so i could shovel that into my egg um because yeah. <laughs> i had a raging fire after that well yeah um, but uh but yeah so and and then i and i replaced i replaced my band system with the new band system on that and i've not had one issue at all okay with, uh an underbite uh, with the new band system so um, so definitely maybe think about that when it comes to, to if, if that's an issue. Um, the other thing too, that I really like about the new band system versus the old band system is it's got these two little feet on it that are, that are, that actually kind of grip up the, the part of the, the dome. So it actually keeps it a little bit more secure, um, as it's going back. So you don't, you don't tend to have any movement, um, where you might have a little bit of movement. Um, so it's a little bit safety precaution and it does not open up nearly as much as the old band system because of the springs that are on the sides. Okay. But I think it's a better, I think it's a much better, a much better, um, band system, um, than the older versions. Cause it just, yeah, it, it just holds it a little bit better. Yeah. Hold, holds it better. And I think, I think especially with the springs that they've got off the sides, um, yeah, uh, with the with the with the new band systems and 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 again it not opening up as much the the redesign of it I just think puts less stress on the back um, to be able to kind of shift it as as you're opening and closing it. No, okay. it, it doesn't make it it makes for for less Instagram worthy pictures though because you can't open the dome as much, so <laughs> you can't get in there. Can't get in there as much, and you might have shadows, you know, depending on that. But you know, it's. I, I'd, I'd rather take uh, the safety of my egg over, over uh, you know, getting a little bit better sunlight in my picture anyways. So, Hey, you know, it, you got to win some and lose some. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you got to be like, oh, well, I get a little bit more shadow, but the egg's a little bit more secure. We're good to go. Yeah, exactly. So, or I should say egg, exactly. Eggs, you know, uh... <laughs> Now, what do you see kind of, do you see anything coming, coming down the, uh, kind of in the future that egg could do? Is there anything that you've, you've wanted them to do? If you could make as, something. Yeah. As far as, as far as a product goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, or, the, or if you the, were like, Hey, I'd want a different size. Yeah. I mean, if, if, um, yeah, size wise, you know, there's, there's. You know, I, I personally think the, you know, depending on the, on the cook, cook, cooking that you're doing, 
um, you know, the, the, having an extra large, large and a mini max is great. I mean, I think having a mini max with anything is, is great. Um, I think the, um, the one thing that, um, that I would, I would love to be able to, to have, um, is a rotisserie. Um, and, um, and I know that there's, there's been a lot of rumors around whether or not there'll be a, a rotisserie of some sort. Um, the, the one, if I'm thinking of, of an, of, a, of an accessory, the one thing that that I I personally kind of have been toying around with myself that I would love to see uh, somebody somebody do, whether it's Big Green Egg or or myself is is um, is a rack that allows you to smoke sausages inside the Big Green Egg. I kind of created my own for for doing. Um, sausages and, and I don't know if you've ever done like uh like snack sticks like it's a really really difficult it's probably one of the hardest like cooking processes that you have to do because you know you got to go at 125 degrees for you know a time period then 135 degrees and 145 degrees and 155 degrees it's a it's a really really difficult process and because there isn't a really good rack to be able to hang them um, it makes it a little bit more of a, of a challenge so you don't blow your casings. Um, but it's one of the fun things I love to do, um, is, yeah. uh, cause it's a real kind of, real kind of challenging thing, but I would love to see, you know, some type of an accessory that would allow you to, 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 to do that functionality. Um, you know, I, I would love, um, to, uh, uh, to, you know, see, a size that's somewhere in between a large and an extra large, because I do find that sometimes like the large is just not quite right. And the extra large is way too big. So my fuel consumption goes down. So size wise, yeah. I don't know if there's a in-betweener of the two. Now, but, let me ask um, you this question. Do yeah. you use any charcoal baskets in either one of them? I use charcoal baskets in all of them. Are are we um, using like? Are you are are we using an aftermarket one or are you using the big green egg one? So i i use um, I use the big green egg fireball in my Minimax and in my large, and then I use an aftermarket in my XL. And yes, I know that voids the warranty, yeah. um, but uh, but I I just find that the. The price wise on the XL Fireball, which does come with a divider, um, is um, it's just a little too rich for my blood um, as compared to an aftermarket one, uh, which uh, we all know who that aftermarket leading uh, company is. Correct. Um, Kickass. Kick Ash Basket. Our buddy um, Chad over at Kick Ash Baskets. Exactly. And so I use I I have the um I have the Kick Ash Basket for my XL and uh, and the charcoal divider uh for that as well. Now have um, you ever what I've actually done and it, it works very, very well is when you know with you saying like the, the size and the fuel consumption have you ever taken the X or the large kick or large basket and put it in the XL? 
I have not done that. So what I but did, what I did because um, a, a buddy of mine's store used to have the double uh, XL, right? Yep. And I was like, hey, can I cook on it because I need the cooking space? And he was like, yeah, no problem. Obviously, I didn't want to load that thing up with the amount of, uh, yeah. uh, what's it called? And I put my XL basket in the double XL. Interesting. Now, that made the cook so much better. And the reason I think it is, is it gives it so much, there's so much more air. Yep. Yep. That allows such a good clean burn. That's a it. great idea. And you also use way less fuel because your your basket's smaller. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a great that's a great idea. So that's why I, I was thinking maybe for you, if you plop that large basket in there, yeah, it's going to work fantastic. Now, the other thing that I really like to do with because um, I have the I have the basket for the Mini Max. Because I have a Minimax and an XL. That's my setup. I don't have a large. Um, when I do cold smokes in the winter, I will take the Minimax, uh, Minimax basket and put it in my XL. Oh, okay. So that way, it's such a small little contained flame. It doesn't yeah. quite get hot enough, and I can do cold smokes. Because of the cold temperatures outside... It allows me to do the cold smoking. Yeah, see, I, without yeah, having to see, set I, up like a whole nother. Yeah, it's a thing. good idea. Yeah, because I I use the, the amazing pellet tray, so I do actually use pellets for my cold smokes okay. in my big green in my big green egg. Um, and so uh, and so yeah, so I'll use I'll use that for for my cold smokes. Um, not you know not a great technique, but um, but yeah, it's. It uh, yeah, it's a great idea with the cold smoke with the with using the basket for the mini max. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things one of the things really that I well. like, like like um, like you were talking about. You know, how much can you shove into the mini max? Like one of the things that I love to do in my mini max is I love to put my Dutch oven directly on the charcoal in my mini max because I can cook directly. You know, cowboy style, right over the charcoal. With my Dutch oven in there, I can close my top of my Mini Max. I can do my frying in my Dutch oven in my Mini Max. Um, I can, you know, and so I'll do so those really nice, you know, long braises of, you know, beef cheeks or some of those different things right on that hard charcoal and uh, right on that hard ch hot charcoal right in my Mini Max in my Dutch oven. That's another fun, fun way to cook uh, with that as well. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I just like I said, it's it's a it's a lot of fun to be able to play with the yeah. different sizes. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You can do absolutely. you can do so much with it. Yeah. I don't know that I've um. You know, I've just been you, you're able to do so much, so much fun. Yeah, you you really are, and um, and I'm a you know on on the team, the Big Green Egg team, I'm probably the person who um, probably does the the uh, you know, they kind of know me. I like I like to do a lot of baking in my okay. baking so so I'm doing a lot of pies, or um, I'm doing you know a lot of skillet cookies, and I'm doing you know a lot of baking techniques um, that mm -hmm. I've done in there. So you know, so I do you know I'll use 
I'll use the the cast iron um, uh, pans that'll fit into the big green egg mini max, and I'll do, you know, I'll do you know pies and different things in the mini max. Um, okay. And so you know, again, there's just there's just so much you can do with them. They're they're great. Yes, there is. I mean, and and uh, you can kind of get a little bit more of that wood flavor too. You know, where it's not just the oven and. Absolutely. You Absolutely. have a you have a great time with it, and it just makes life easier. That it does. That it I, does. You know. Now, you said you got a pizza oven. Yep. Is there anything else on the on the uh, outside cooking range that you like to use? Yeah. No. So, um, like I said, I I mean I've I've done a little bit of um, uh, I've got a, a fire pit in my backyard where. You know, I can I can do some outdoor cooking if I want to over over that. Open flame. Yeah, a little bit of open flame. Um, I've been I've been looking at a uh, uh, an Asada cross to be able to do some stuff over ah. that. Um, so I, I have my eye on one right now, um, and so uh, so I might I might be playing around with that. Um, but yeah, the pizza oven is is. Uh, it's a you know wood fired pizza oven. Um, it's a it's portable, which is great. It's fifty pounds. Um, I can set it on my deck. I can I can get you know one you know ten to twelve inch pizza uh, um, inside it at a time. It'll cook really fast. Um, so I'm having fun playing around with that. I can do some baking in there too. Very I've cool. done I've done I've done s'mores in it. I've done um, some other things uh, in it as well. Um, and so. You know, I, I like to be able to to, to u- utilize that, um, and then for pizzas, you know, so so I've got so I'll, I'll use that for pizzas. I have a a, a pizza porta um, um, for my big green egg also, and then I'll also cook pizzas traditionally on the baking stone of the big green egg. So I can kind of do pizzas three different ways, um, and uh, kind of enjoy them all. But yeah, the Asada cross, I think that's that that might be my next uh, my next endeavor. Um, but I've also been looking at um, I've been also looking at uh, cotton gin smokers um from a from a barrel standpoint those are beautiful uh, yeah so I'm, i've been i've been kind of eyeing eyeing one of those um i don't know if i would ever go pellet um full pellet but if i was the only one i've been looking at is the weber smoke fire but i know that they've had some i've cooked know, on it there you know what the thing is the weber smoke fire is I feel like they are advertising it incorrectly. Yeah. Because they're advertising it as a smoker and a grill and this. It is a it is a pellet grill. Yep. Okay? Yep. It is not a pellet smoker. It is a pellet grill. And that's yeah. and all the heavy smoker guys that are, well, Traeger's a pellet smoker, blah, 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 blah. Correct. But Traeger is not a pellet grill. I'm not a fan right. of Traeger. I think they're kind of basically shitty um, because of all the issues that they do have. But, I mean, all of the pellet cookers have issues. Right. I just think that Weber needs to say, listen, this is a pellet grill that can smoke. Yeah, that's a great, it's that's a great thing about it. built to just smoke and take that much grease. Yeah. Now, can you smoke in it? Absolutely. Can you grill in it? Yeah. So it's just knowing what you're doing. And if you don't clean any cooker out, 
you're yeah, gonna have a just, grease fire. Yeah, absolutely. That is it's that just is gonna happen. Very true. You know what I mean? Yeah, you go throw I had it in my eggs. Yeah. I mean, go go to your egg and throw. I don't know. Throw six pork butts in your XL. Yeah. And then don't clean it out. Throw two briskets in there. Do a cook. Now do two or three chickens. Take it out. Throw you know two more pork butts in there. Take it out and then try doing high heat cooking without cleaning yeah. it out. What's going to happen? Grease fire for sure. You know what I mean? But with you and me, like while I was talking about it, your first reaction is laughing could be in like, well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. Like you just put a ton of grease in there, right? Right, right. right. And you didn't take it out. Well, yeah. it's the same thing with anything else. Yeah, that's true. You know that's what I mean? True. Like, And I think people just expect expected this like like whole different holier than thou thing from Weber because they're Weber. Right. And right. it's like, man, the principles don't change. Yeah. You have to it's it's like it's like people that are like, well I break the rules. Did you learn them? No. Then you can't break them. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like a real artist learns all the rules, follows the rules, and then they start to break certain rules. Where these people just want to break all the rules. And uh, there are some videos online that, you know, they're like, well, look at this. Like, it was the first pork butt cook and it was already a grease fire. Um, but look what you did. Yeah. There were some people that messed around with that pork butt and they were cooking fat cap down. And halfway through it, it was still stuck to the grates and they pulled it off to show you and what's happening. Well, now you've broken that, you know, you've broken the seal as as a sense, and it's the juice starts flying. Yeah. Well, no shit, you're gonna get a uh, uh, a little bit of a light light up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, go 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 to a hot cast iron pan, and shove tons of grease on it. It's gonna ignite oh. a little bit. Yeah. It's. I think it's just a lot of people did not are not using their brains when it comes to it. I've heard some other things where the the software updates are a little bit hard to do. Mm. And I can understand that that's a little bit rough. Yeah, that's You know true. what I mean? But Yeah, and and I you know that 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 that's true of a lot of, you know, anything that's Wi-Fi enabled or connected. I mean, you know, I I, I don't know if you use any digital controllers I've for used when you a couple, do cook. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's been some some really, you know, uh, awful times where, you know, networks have crashed on on holidays and you can't, you know, you can't do use your cooks for those, you know, Which for those Wi-Fi. Which I just think is funny to me because then it's like network crash and everyone forgets how to fucking cook. I know. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like it's like you don't need so, you know, you don't need to do that. So so I, I have I have both Wi-Fi enabled, non-Wi-Fi enabled, you know, I just regular if I, you know, if I need to use, you know, use a cooker, you know, where I where I'm in an area where I, I have power, but not Wi-Fi. And, but I need to do an overnight cook or something like that. You know, I can use my DigiQ, you know, yeah. I can use that. But, you know, but yeah, people forget how to cook, you know, and not you know, get back to the basics because they become too dependent on the technology, upon... right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I, I actually had, um, I was doing an overnight cook and I was like, you know, I'll set up the, 
I won't say which one it was. I'll set it up and I'll let it go. Now, we had the power go out halfway through the night. Oh, yeah. Didn't know it. Yep. Well, what happens? It resets. Yep. It doesn't reset and turn back on. It just resets. Yep. Well, now your your airflow, your airflow intake is gone, basically. Yep. Because you yep. know what I mean? Like, you're not getting enough through the... Because the fan's not pumping. Yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, we had a problem with that. A buddy of mine did a cook, and it was not... I mean, it was his fault, but, you know, he, it was late. It was dark. He didn't realize that the thermometer, like, the probe fell out of the cooker. Oh. So, <laughs> that fan... So, he's just, just, just went, went nuts all night long. Oh, my God. Dude, it went nuts for, like, four hours, because then he went outside to check. It went nuts for, like, three to four hours, because it was rainy and cold outside. So, it was, like, yeah. it was like 54 degrees outside. Yeah. Well, so, what is the fan thing? The fan thinks it's 54 degrees. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's just cranking at 100%. <laughs> Just <laughs> pushing that egg. And it's yeah. like, man, you push that egg that high. You know, it's not going to give you the best results. No, no. Granted that the, yeah, the, old... the Kamados are forgiving, but they ain't that forgiving. No, they're not. They're, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. The only, I think, I think the only thing I've had, you know, like I, I have had power go out beforehand. Thankfully it's, you know, I, it's been um, usually as a result of, you know, a rainstorm when I've been smoking something. So I've been, you know, present. We have, but, man, I wish but, it was a result of a rainstorm. We have yeah. something here. I don't know what it is in this new neighborhood that I live in. The power goes out two to three times a month. Oh, wow. Just yeah. randomly. Yeah. For like two minutes. Just enough to piss you off because it resets everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I had... I had one time I had in that it was a, it was a, it wasn't, it wasn't overnight cook. Or actually, what, it wasn't, it wasn't an overnight cook. It was a late night cook, but it was, it was about 15 below zero. And I was just, I was just smoking a salmon. Um, and so, and I, I do my salmon at, you know, 225 degrees for four hours over Alderwood. I've got a special secret brine that I use and it just, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful salmon. Well, the, and, and, and on that, you know, winter right i don't want to be outside so i have i have one of my digital controllers well yeah the the um the wire on that connected the power to the fan um froze and snapped off oh so shit. i had I, so i came out and i had frozen salmon um and so uh and you know just because again i wasn't you know again i wasn't paying attention to it right so you know you do yeah. have those elements with technology where it's like okay well I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that in those really super cold, cold smokes. So, I just you know, I like to just set my 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 cooker up and let her go. Yep, absolutely. Um, I I've learned that it it works very very well just to set her up, let her go, and let her do her thing. Um, now, does your cooker have a favorite temperature? I know mine likes to sit at two fifty. Yeah, my mine sits religiously almost always at two thirty five. <laughs> it just yeah, it just it likes it loves that temperature, um, and yeah, that's just where I'm at. I mean, it's just it's uh, 
it, it's it's it loves to be at 235 and and uh, and you know and, and and even for me like I have no problem you know doing my check-in at 235 degrees it just takes longer I don't mind it <laughs> so I'll do my chicken breast at 235 250 you know just to, it Dude, just takes longer see I'm, I'm sure you're in a ton of groups too we're all we're all in a ton of groups um you know barbecue groups on facebook and all that fun stuff yep. the other day yep. i saw a, a gentleman and i won't give the name i won't i won't say what group it was he says that he cooks his chicken um he likes to keep his temperature between 100 and 150 degrees wow cuz he likes to cook his whole chickens for eight and a half hours yeah yeah here's the one problem if you're cooking at 150 degrees you're never finishing your chicken N- never at all Never, never. I don't care if you cook it for fifteen hours. <laughs> yeah, you, you. It's impossible. And he's uh, like, I commented on it because I was like, that was dirty smoke because the chicken. I mean, the chicken was black, black as night. I mean, yeah. it like it was just dis- it looked disgusting. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Like, we're just like, yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's not black tea chicken. That's yeah, not... no, that's not edible. You know what I mean? Like that just looks disgusting. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And I commented, I was like, it was probably dirty smoke. You're keeping your cooker way, way too low, and you're probably exhausting. You know, your there's no oxygen flow in it to keep yeah. it that low. And he's yeah. like, no, my cooker's built to be at 150 degrees. I'm like, no cooker's fucking built to be at 150 degrees. You're no. full of shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm like, also, chicken's done at 165. He's like, yeah, it gets there. How? <laughs> yeah, it's, he's it's like, not going to rise time. that much after. Yeah, it's not going to rise that much. It's not going to. It's not going to go beyond your heat temperature. I'm it's, like, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's like being like, hey, my car tops out at 55 miles an hour, but I can go 70. <laughs> no, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're going yeah. downhill. Like it ain't happening, and yeah. it, man, he he was he was really like adamant about saying that it was like really good, and he sent like pictures and stuff, and I was like, and he's like, this is one of the best chickens I've ever eaten. And I was like, man, if that's the best chicken you've ever eaten, I don't know what else you've eaten. <laughs> like, Yeah, I know we've probably yeah. all cooked our fair share of, of undercooked of chicken over the years, but never like that. Never we've, all like ki- that. we've all killed stuff, you know what I mean? But I just yeah. think it's funny when somebody's sharing it and they're like, I'm fantastic at this. And I'm like, no. <laughs> but And then the scary thing is like, dude, there's people that will, will listen to them and it's like, dude, you're going to get people sick. Yeah. That's where, like, that's where I'm trying to stop is like, you're going to get people sick. Yeah. You're going to, you're physically going to get people sick. Um, now I understand that like you putting chicken in the danger zone for that long. Um, I understand the smoke does kill a lot of that bacteria, but you're literally not finishing your chicken. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Whoa. Yeah. Jeez. It just, it, it's super scary. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. It's just, uh, yeah, I just, I just always thought it was funny. So, and, and I've had, I've had a couple discussions with people that have like, you know, there, there were people that were like, Hey, I do my pork butts at 185, 190. I'm like, but pork butts really not done to like 205. Yeah. yeah, exactly. 
And they're like, yeah, it gets to 205. No, it doesn't. Yeah. No. Nothing happens. And, yeah, and it, it, it's it, it is amazing to you know we can all have different 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 times where where okay some like, some people might wrap at one sixty five or one sixty seven or one seventy eight sure. or whatever it might be you know but finish time is finish time and it's like you know your temperature yeah probe tender but probe tender can only be at a certain point when you know everything's broken down you're really really. Yeah, and you you can't you, you know anybody that tells me oh yeah it's probe tender at one one ninety one ninety one one eighty five it's like what's your probe I mean it's just you have to be able to get through those those uh, the the breaking down process of your meats to be able to get it thoroughly cooked to be able to the point where it's yep. where it where it's done and and there's um, some point where eventually it starts losing moisture. Yep. If Absolutely. it sits like if it sits in the stall for too long, yep. it will start losing moisture. Absolutely. If it stalls if it stalls at 165 for four hours, it starts losing moisture. It just starts gonna... pushing out moisture. Yep. And you get dry shit. Yep. Absolutely. Man, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. I thought I think we had a great time. Uh, we did. I like to end the show in this fun way. If you could go back to the beginning of your cooking journey in life and give yourself three tips knowing what you know now, what would your three tips be? Oh, my three tips would be um, always make sure you carry a meat thermometer wherever Ooh, you are because you never know. <laughs> so, fantastic one. Always want to do that. Um, to learn how to cook a, a brisket texas style and trim it the right way for me is was be the number one thing that i would want to learn i butchered way too many bad briskets from when i started and i ended up making brisket soup because of how you gotta make badly with it. I, yeah because of how badly I, I i did so and then honestly the one thing i would i would love to tell myself is is learn how to properly carve meats after they've been cooked both slicing and whole birds and whole game. I mean, I butchered way too many, um, you know, chickens post cook uh, where it just didn't look like it was something I'd want to eat. So learn how to learn how to carve, learn how to slice a lot better. Always have your meat thermometer. And again, learn how to do a brisket the right way. So, I mean, the big thing is to learn how to slice tri-tip. Yes. Learn how to slice tri-tip, move it, slice it. And yeah, it absolutely. And it just, you definitely, yeah. Tri-tip is one of those things where people don't realize that the grain switches on you and, uh, yep. you got to know that. So halfway through right there, boom, absolutely. absolutely. Switches. And I, I don't know how many people I've, I've watched just slice it the wrong way. And they're like, well, one side was really tender. The other side sucked. And I was like, you gotta flip it, son. Yeah. They're exactly. like, what do you mean? Slice across the grain. Yeah. Make it nice. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. If you can do us one last favor, tell everyone where they can follow your story on the on the um, internet. You can follow me on the internet at the uh, at the Smoky Poet. That's with a Y T H E S M O K Y P P O E T on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook, and also on my website, thesmokypoet.com. Dude, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. We had a great time, and hopefully we'll have you back soon. Yeah, I would love to come back, and thanks for having me. Boom, we are.